0: The Spiritual
1: Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence Where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing and spirituality will set you free. Well, welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show. And today I'm delighted to say we have quite a a worldwide selection of guests. Over here in London, we have myself and Darren Ball, our regular contributor, and I must say, the backbone of the show, really. But also, uh, we have guests, one near Lisbon in Portugal, and one, as we say in England, up north in South Yorkshire in Barnsley. So, welcome indeed to the Spiritual Freedom Show, and we're going to be hearing from uh, Isabel. Uh, and we're also going to be hearing from Zasha later on as the show progresses. But today, we're going to focus on an aspect of the second freedom, which is love. And love must be one of the most misunderstood words. And if you're new to the show, by the way... This show, the Spiritual Freedom Show, is based on the Nine Freedoms. And if you want to know about that, please go to the Nine Freedoms page on www.etherius.org and you'll see the background and how these communications, these great teachings, I believe to be the greatest teachings available to us. That's why this is the set of teachings I wanted to focus on in this show. We'll actually have the privilege on this show with the permission of the directors of the Ethereum Society of hearing clips, extracts, uh, audio extracts, as they were delivered through the mediumship of Dr. George King, I believe to be the greatest medium in history. Uh, And that's saying something because there have been some great mediums through history, but the method he used, as far as I can tell from my researches and practices, is completely unique so we're going to very soon hear a clip but before we do let me just say that love is a very very misunderstood word uh it's a word that's bandied about i think if you're of a certain generation as i am you will know the song all you need is love by the beatles and it's a great concept all you need is love it's just that it's a slightly spoilt for me anyway by them saying it's easy uh, if you know the song, you'll know the line I mean. It's not easy. It's it's a very demanding task to radiate true love, but it's the most rewarding thing of all. And in another book called The 12 Blessings, another set of teachings, and we focus on this every day in the Ethereum Society, online as well, you can join in with it. But one of those blessings is to they who love. And A very interesting statement is made there. These ones, often in great pain and anguish themselves, think naught of this, but to transmute the very forces of holy nature into this mighty energy. I'm going to repeat that energy called love so that they may give it freely to those who need it. So you can see in those words from the master Jesus himself, a a true exponent of love. If ever there was one in our history of true love energy, it's not easy. Uh, there's pain and there's anguish at times. Not always, he says often, not always. And the basic energies, if you like, the natures, the energies of the forces of holy nature, he calls them, have to be transmuted, that's a very important word, into this mighty energy called love. So with those thoughts in mind, let us now listen to our first extract taken from the second freedom by Mars Sector 6, and I'll ask
2: our producer, please, to play this for us now. Love is not the result of ignorance, but the direct result of applied enlightenment. Become enlightened, again understanding of the feelings and problems of all peoples, and love becomes a living, vibrant, all-pervasive thing. A living, vibrant,
1: all-pervasive thing, says Mars Sector 6 there through Dr. George King. And that is exactly what true love really is. Very misunderstood thing on this earth, but something which we can all, and this is the good news, we can all draw on this, we can all channel this, and there are many ways of doing it. Some of them we do on this very show, through prayer, through healing, through mantra, Through service, as a matter of fact, you need love to practice the third freedom of service because it will be your motivating force, your motivating energy. Love is not the result of ignorance, says Mars Sector 6, but the direct result of applied enlightenment. And if you've listened to the Spiritual Freedom Show before, you'll be familiar with the fact that these early freedoms and i would certainly say the first four freedoms bravery love service enlightenment uh, are not given in a particular order of importance in fact that statement is made at the very beginning of the first freedom by saint guling who introduces each of the freedoms the great ascended master chinese ascended master saint guling and He says that, I'm sure, for a very good reason, because we can see from this statement here by Mars Sector 6 that love is actually the result of applied enlightenment, Uh, and this means, really, that one of these freedoms, the early ones especially, can lead to another one, can lead to another one, and they are very much interrelated. Because Mars Sector 6 is telling us that love is not the result of ignorance, but the exact opposite. Now, there's a saying that you may have heard of. Uh, it, it you Actually, um, you find it even in cards and all kinds of messages. And it's often attributed to the very great sage, Lao Tzu, or Lao Tse, pronounced uh, Lao Tzu, I think is is another pronunciation. Uh, there, This great uh Master, Lao Tse, very mysterious, not very much known about him, who is really the power behind Taoism and the Tao Te Ching, uh, it's attributed to him, this statement I'm going to read you now, to the mind that is still, the whole universe surrenders. Now, actually, scholars would say that it wasn't Liao Tzu who said that it was another teacher, Chuang Tzu, who lived 100 years later or so, roughly, no one knows exactly, uh, who was a 4th century Taoist philosopher. But even if it was, he was a follower of Lao Tzu as well. And he wrote, to a mind that is still, the whole universe surrenders. And, of course, that really relates to another freedom. As I mentioned, they're, they're very interrelated, these freedoms, namely cosmic consciousness at its highest, uh that's a whole appreciation of the whole universe, a more than an appreciation, a oneness with the whole universe. Uh, but the point I'm driving at here is to a mind that is still. And from this also comes the great power of love. There's a beautiful statement also, and I am going to refer very much to the Master Jesus when it comes to love, because he really is a living embodiment of it, is he not? in his every action that we know of, in his every teaching. In the Twelve Blessings, he made this absolutely beautiful aphorism, I would call it. First cometh the angel peace to make way for the goddess love. And by the way, stillness, uh, meditation as taught by many people, is not the true advanced meditation that Dr. King took it to be and demonstrated himself it's a very basic form of it and if you and i myself have been involved in teaching basic forms of meditation and writing about them and they can help greatly through life in dealing with stress in coping with life but they aren't the real state of oneness uh, unless you have risen or transmuted to use that word i mentioned earlier from the 12 blessings Uh, The the energies to a high level, because if you think about it, even if you are still, if you haven't transmuted those basic energies and emotions, they won't go away. They may stop for a while and that may be beneficial for your health and your well-being, but you haven't really dealt with them. Uh, You've taken time out, as it were. It's if you like, it's a kind of sticking plaster version almost of meditation. We actually need to raise the energies, to transmute the energies to the highest levels to get complete stillness because then those basic energies, those basic emotions won't even be there. They will be risen. And taken to its highest, of course, first cometh the angel peace. I mean, real peace, ultimate peace, a total stillness of mind would be a state of enlightenment. And this will make way for the goddess love so that's really bearing out that statement by mars sector 6 that it's the direct result of applied enlightenment and adding that word i think applied is a brilliant mars sector 6 and we've discussed this before is very incisive almost terse short statements with great truth contained in them never uses two words if one will suffice is that kind of teacher that's why there it's just full of pearls of wisdom just you could take that's why we have this fantastic opportunity of putting out and focusing on short extracts and we find in them great oceans of meaning and that's true i think of this use of the word applied enlightenment because it's taking that state of peace you know it's the same energy but with peace you take the energy within you and then love is sending it out. Now, on that note, I recall an incident, and uh, I, this was relayed to me by a very good friend of mine, the late Alan Mosley, who uh, was a very close follower, disciple, uh, and of the of Dr. George King, and. We were in the 1970s on on Holdstone Down in North Devon, which we believe to be a holy mountain in the Ethereum Society. We go there many times to send out healing uh, and love energy to the world as a whole. And on this particular occasion, Dr. King was there and a yogi uh, master, as he called himself, certainly some kind of guru at least, uh, arrived and all credit to him for doing so. By the way, he arrived wearing long robes with some of his uh, disciples or students, and he came up and he approached Dr. King and Alan Mosley was there with him and he told I was, I could see it but I couldn't hear the words but Alan told me what they were and this is roughly what he said he said you know Dr. King I have been to the Godhead uh, to which Dr. King replied very quickly did you take your hat off? I think that's a good illustration of the sense of humor and the teaching uh, of of Dr. King. Because even a master, uh, even an earth master, even an advanced person had much to learn from Dr. King. Even the ascended masters themselves, uh, I I believe, would confirm that fact. Anyway, it was a good-natured, humorous remark with a meaning did you take your hat off but then he turned to the yogi in a more serious vein and he said something like this if you've been to the godhead you know that all is one which means that you must help the whole and not just yourself so this is what we're doing here today on Holston Down and indeed this yogi and his disciples did join in and that was what Mars 6, I think, would call applied enlightenment. Become enlightened, says Mars Master Se- Master Sector 6. Gain understanding of the feelings and problems of all people. This is not easy. Uh, a true understanding will involve an appreciation of how peoples of all kinds ends up in the situation that they're in. And enlightenment gives an insight into the karma of a situation not just the mental and physical, the emotional feelings and the experiences people are going through, but the karma of it as well. Not to judge anyone, not for that reason, but to understand, to know better the needs of people in all situations. And we know that sometimes discipline is required to help others. Other times it's solace. Other times It's comfort. All healers know that you have to give a different kind of love energy, tempered in different ways, to a different kind of patient. And that's the unlimited nature of this energy. The mind can, can, if you like, condition it, but the energy itself is unlimited. And uh, I think Vivian Gibson explained that in a previous show exactly how that can be done over a distance. So, one patient for healing might require a dynamic surge of strong power, and another one, a gentle, beautiful, almost perfumed release of love energy. And this can come from an innate understanding, not a conscious one necessarily, but a higher, more enlightened understanding of others. And Mars Sector Script 6 described this as the most beneficial, remember, healing that is, of all tasks capable to psychic man so we can see very clearly from this that the more enlightened we become the purer a channel we must be for love energy and we can also see that the more we radiate the living vibrant all pervasive energy of love the more enlightened we become too it's a beautiful if you like it's a circle of light one leads to the other leads to the other and what do you have evolution and growth so There are some thoughts based on that wonderful uh, text there from Mars Sector 6 about the second freedom of love. And at this point, I'd like to welcome in, as we always do, Darren Ball. Uh, And I'm sure, you, Darren, you have some comments and some questions from our listeners. So, Darren Ball. Hi, Richard.
3: Good to be on the show today. Hi, hi yeah so to all of our listeners it's been great hearing from you your comments your questions the experiences you've had and and even how your life has been changed by these teachings so do keep them coming in to uh, that spiritual freedom at richard and i'll just say here before we before we kick off you can also check out richard's website by the way that's richard for other podcasts and radio interviews that he's done on stations around the world so um since we're talking about energy, Richard, I've, I thought I'd pick up this question here that came in about an experience that someone's been having, yes. and they write as follows. They say, I'm looking for a way to find out more about my spiritual powers. I'm 52 years old, and I've had a strong feeling about healing all my life, but I've never reached out to others. I've not known where to begin. These last few years, something new has happened to me. And The best way to explain it is like when I open myself to the power of which surrounds us all, I can feel how my chest expands and starts to vibrate. I need waypoints on how to direct this. I feel like there's more to this than just this. I need someone to help me understand.
1: Wow! Gosh. Okay. So there we have uh, someone who's really going through some experiences, and sometimes you can get a feeling like that. I think could could you read that little bit again about her chest her expanding uh, and so on? Yeah. What was that? So they again? say
3: I open myself to the power which surrounds us all. I can feel how my chest expands, and I start to vibrate yeah I exactly so that you know these are the kinds of experiences. you know we'll all
1: have slightly different experiences when we're radiating love energy or doing any of the practices we do we're going to be doing some later in the show led by zasha brazili and people will have different experiences of that too i'm sure if they join in uh and yes it's 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 quite a good thing actually to keep a diary uh just to keep notes on some of the experiences not all of the experiences are pleasant by the way That might surprise you. A lot of them are. They can be absolutely blissful, as a matter of fact, but sometimes they're testing. But certainly they are um, qualities uh, of the energy which will vary from person to person. But certainly the ones mentioned there, the expanding of the chest, which is an aspect of taking in more prana, more energy, and that energy then to be conditioned by love. Um, And also the vibrant feeling. Yeah. I'm sure you felt that yourself, Darren.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, here they're asking how to direct this. And I think that goes right to, you know, that previous show that we did with, with Vivian kind of introducing absent healing and what you've said, you know, about healing being, you know, one of the best ways to dispense this energy. Um, Yeah. And so I think, you know, this this is this is a person who is really sort of on the threshold of being able to actively um, start to, to to take advantage of of what we've been taught by Dr. King and, and the techniques he's given us to, to radiate this this energy out into the world. Good point, and of
1: course, the one key word again being service, the third freedom, right. and that's how love is directed. They they they're absolutely interrelated. So you know, if you have love in your heart and you have love energy flowing through you, you'll want to serve. And there are many ways of doing it. But Darren's
3: there picked perhaps two of the best, healing and prayer. Absolutely. This one was uh, another one, actually, different kind of different aspect of this type of experience that someone else has had, again, on on love as an energy. And they say, um, uh, they've asked the following, which is, any time I perform the 12 blessings, the middle of my palm becomes very cold until I finish and seal it. Why is that? Well, that's a very good question. And so these are all good
1: signs. So, you know, they certainly used to say in the East, in the yoga practices, some of these things that we experience and some of the powers that will start to come, abilities, psychic abilities. We've talked about that before. They are signs along the way. They're to give you encouragement. And both the ones we've heard today are encouraging because that coldness is the energy. And you know, sometimes you might find, and this has certainly happened to me a m- number of times, that one of your palms is cold and the other one is warm, uh, and that can be um, that shouldn't happen really. If it was if it was circulation, that wouldn't happen, I don't think. Uh, and it can it can be a result of one of the energy being your positive flow and the other one being your negative receptive flow. These various things can happen, but certainly coldness is one way of a measure of energy flowing through the palm, which it will when you do the 12 blessings.
3: Yeah, I think it's very interesting as well with that one, you know, because um, it's not just from the standpoint of the person who's experiencing, it, who's rating in this energy. I mean, you know, I've heard and many other people can attest, you know, when, you know, from healing patients um, who can feel the same sort of. Temperature difference on your palms, you know, when you're radiating this energy in, into them, you know, during a, um, a spiritual healing treatment. So this mm. is a, I guess, the one I'm saying this is a real thing that you can experience and feel. And when you do feel that, when you do experience it yourself, um, you know, you'll have you'll have absolutely no doubt about the the, the potency um, of these practices and what they can do. Absolutely I thought right. I, thought yep. I just thought I'd say one one more here with Richard, just more of a comment, really, because I thought it's encouraging for people to hear. Um, which is that uh, someone who's read, I found reading these emails has made a lot more sense to me than most things in life with regard to what's the point of life I'm finding reading and listening to the society's history exp- extremely interesting, and there is a spark that is growing inside me spiritually that burns more brightly daily. Thank you for the opportunity to access this wonderful information that's made available. And I just I just say that because it's I think it's always inspiring to hear the kind of life-changing difference that these things are making to people around the yes, world. Yes, absolutely. So mm-hmm. do keep sending in your messages. You'll be helping not just yourself by
1: asking us questions. You could be helping an awful lot of people, and your comments, and your experiences. Mm-hmm. Send them into mm-hmm. the uh, Spiritual Freedom Show, and we'll Darren, we'll we'll get them and we'll cover them and you'll get a reply, but we'll also hopefully read them out in a future show. So thanks very much for that. And one person who will be very, very familiar, by the way, with the um, qualities and the signs and the experiences of healing is Isabel Fernandez, because she has been a member of the Aetheria Society since the early 1990s. She runs our Lisbon group in Portugal. And she's coming us actually today live from Portugal, where she's been a practicing homeopath, a naturopath and a healer with her own clinic in Cascais, a beautiful place, I believe, since 1998. So today she's going to share with us a little bit of her story. So this is our moment of truth today. Welcome, Isabel.
0: Hi, Richard. Thank you for having me on your, on the show. Pleasure. I'd like to share an ex- <laughs> I'd like to share an experience I had with the Twelve Blessings over 30 years ago. Whilst giving a foot reflexology treatment to a patient and mutual friend, Jeanne Claire, we would discuss many things from health to the occult. She saw I was open-minded and interested in spirituality, and, and on her next visit, she brought me a book called You Are Responsible. I quickly read it and found it fascinating and asked her if she had any more. So on her next visit, she brought me the 12 Blessings. At the end of the foot reflexology session, we practiced the 12 Blessings together, and I purchased a copy. Not long after that, I was practicing the 12 Blessings alone in front of the Holy Family. I was a Catholic at the time. When a clear voice in my head said, pray for Paul. I did so, and as soon as I had finished the 12 Blessings, the phone rang. It was my mom saying that my brother Paul had had a car accident with his baby daughter, and that she should go. That we should go to the hospital as soon as possible. We immediately left for the hospital, and on arrival, the medical personnel told us that Paul and my niece were okay, thank God, and that an unusual discovery had been made that she had my niece had three kidneys. My dad, at the time of the accident, was on the waiting list for a kidney transplant. There are no coincidences. What had happened in the accident was that a car had crossed the red light and hit Paul's car. My niece was projected from the back seat to the front. Paul, who was in the army at the time, carried a gun and pulled the gun on the man with what seemed to be out of nowhere. My brother-in-law appeared on the scene and took the gun from him, avoiding what could have been a terrible catastrophe. To me, this was living proof of the power of prayer using the 12 blessings, and I've been practicing them daily ever since. But I do have another story uh, about a healing that took place with a patient called John, not his real name, he is a man of science and a little skeptic with regards to spiritual healing, but desperate enough to do whatever it took to avoid going blind. John was a regular patient of mine. He had, taken a, uh, he had fallen asleep in a sauna at the gym, The heat dried out his eyes completely. This then created a corneal ulcer and John was losing the corneal fluid very fast, which could result in blindness. He consulted an eye specialist, but there was no improvement. The specialist told him that he was going to the USA and look for a treatment for him. Then John came to me for help. I saw the urgency and there was no time to lose. I prescribed some homeopathic remedies and suggested that we commence spiritual healing. Today, it is known as the Keen technique, as we all know, as you all know. I suggested eight treatments to start with. John came every day, and by the fourth treatment, both his eyes were clear of all inflammation, and the eye with the corneal ulcer had regenerated completely. The cornea showed no signs of scarring and looked crystal clear. John and his wife were ecstatic and remarked that his vision had improved and that he could see better from the eye that did had the ulcer than from the other eye. The eye specialist, a little baffled, confirmed that the corneal stroma had completely regenerated. Both John and his wife became healers and practiced the Twelve Blessings. The key word Yah really is service. Mars Sector 6 says in the third freedom, serve and you will become enlightened. Serve and you will be practicing true selfless love. Serve and the mighty power of Kundalini will rise in natural unforced fashion and open the chakra jewels in your higher bodies. In will pour inspiration and you will be standing on the verge of the initiation into adeptship.
1: Wow! What fantastic stories, uh, yeah, and and I think they're very encouraging. Thank you so much, Isabel. That was a great moment of truth. Thank you so much for being on the on the Spiritual Freedom Show, and I think it's very encouraging for our listeners because there was a story where uh, Isabel says, you know, she was pretty new to th- to things then, and then it came to her to pray for Paul, and this is a, a typical example, um, and we've spoken about this to do with psychic abilities. You might wonder, is this real? Is this my imagination? But what have you got to lose by trying? And she tried, and it turned out to be absolutely on the ball, perfect timing. Uh, She couldn't have known in any other way about this accident, and I'm sure that it helped. So thank you so much for those very, very encouraging uh, accounts there, Isabel. So let's now get back then, and, and she gave us a little quote there from the Third Freedom and said, you know, if you serve, you're practicing selfless love. We're going to be coming onto that uh, extract actually in a later show. But in the meantime, let's go to another uh, clip now from the second freedom from Mars Sector 6 through Dr. George King
2: and again about the energy of love. In our observations of Terem, we have noted that the Slayer of love is hypocrisy. Many content in their procrastinations hypocritically talk and bandy this word about till it hath no meaning save a vague Misunderstood academic one. It is an active living thing. The energy, the freedom, a called love does not only exist on your holy days, but throughout each day and each night wonderful words i uh, personally i love the fact
1: that mars sector six and dr king is the same actually they don't mince words uh, they say it as it is uh sometimes it's not comfortable Uh, And that's a good thing. If if we're always comfortable by a teaching, then it can't all be the whole truth because truth will disturb us at times if we realize what it means, uh, because we'll have to look at ourselves. And it's so true that people are hypocritical about love in the sense that they'll talk about it and they'll talk about how much they love others and how much they love humanity and how important it is to love humanity. But what actually are they doing? Now, may I say, and this is something you will come across in uh, some of these uh, extracts, is the use of the word terror. And if you're hearing it, you might think it's T E R R O R and think, what does, what's that to do? No, it isn't. It isn't. It's capital T E R R A. Terror is the Latin word for Mother Earth for this planet. So when Mars says in our observations of terror, he's talking about in our observations of earth, we've noted that the slayer of love is hypocrisy. And you can almost sense, at least I feel I can, his, I was going to say disgust, that might be strong or maybe it isn't, I don't know, but he's very deeply unimpressed, let's put it that way, by the sort of the laziness, the procrastination, uh, the uh, lack of action, of people who are still willing to talk about love. And he'll also, he will also says it's a vague, misunderstood, academic a meaning that's given to love. And, of course, the last thing that love is, is theoretical. It's an active living thing, as he says. It's an energy. And it's no good just talking about love, he says, on your holy days. Let's just mention one holy day in one particular religion namely Christmas, uh, lots have spoken have lo- spoken about love on Christmas Day. But what about, you know, any other date in the calendar? It's got to be there throughout the year. And I think we know that. I think we've heard politicians, celebrities, yes, I have to say rock stars, religious leaders, many others talk about love while not necessarily demonstrating it in their actions. And it can even be, in some cases, a substitute uh, for action, and then there's another big thing here: is people who personalize it only to family and close relationships. Of course, we should love our family and our friends and help them. And here's important: be truthful to them, which sometimes won't go down too well, uh, especially when they don't want to hear that truth. And being a positive presence in their lives. But that's not the full gamut of love. Far from it. That's that's a, a maybe a start. But the real test of love is demonstrating it with those who are not close to us, those who are not even known to us. Uh, and we can do that by sending out uh, energy. Uh, in 1955, a master I've mentioned before, the master Etherius, uh, gave what Dr. King regarded as perhaps one of the greatest discourses on love. That's prior to the third blessing and prior to to the second freedom, of course, which are discourses on love. But in 1955, the master Etherius gave a very short a description of what he called real and positive love, and he described it there as a state of mind which is detached almost to the point of negation. Now, that's almost shocking, that statement, ex- except when you think that, in fact, of course, love isn't a state of mind really, it's above mind in its highest sense, it's an energy, which is what I think the master theorist was driving at there, was that the state of mind we need to be in to radiate this energy is detached almost to the point of negation. It's not cold and unfeeling as you might think when you first hear it. It actually feeds back to the first clip we heard about entering an enlightened state in order to radiate love. And of course, if we were uh, detached almost to almost the point of negation, we would have complete control over all our mental impulses. So far from the somewhat emotional depictions of love that we are given with possessiveness tied into it, people will even say, you know, I want you, I need you, and think that's a, a, a manifestation of love. It's actually non-attachment, uh, no vested interests. Uh, as you will often get even in family situations. No ego, it's an impersonal state of being in which this energy is best channeled. And you can see this in everyday life. When rescue workers, emergency health professionals, fire officers, other lifesavers arrive on a scene of disaster, they don't go into an emotional state. They will, I'm sure, be the first to say that would impede their work massively Uh, they are there not to express even words of comfort they may do that but they have something far more important to do they have to save people's lives they have to take actions and they are demonstrating love through practical actions which will be imbued must be imbued with this energy and it may surprise you that responding to a world catastrophe through prayer is very similar to the approach of a rescue worker it is necessary for the person praying to detach from all forms of emotionalism whatever they may be even if it's sympathetic but they have to detach from that uh, in order to be a pure channel for love energy compassion yes but uh, sentimentality no not basic sentimentality in order to radiate the highest degree of energy and these heroes, and I include that, people who dedicate themselves to prayer, I, I would call them heroes too, if they're really dedicating their lives to it, and I know some who are, they do it from a sense of compassion. So the master of theories is telling us that the mental state required is that one of almost, and that's a key word, by the way, almost, we mustn't miss, almost complete Detachment. Uh, I, I don't think. I think if it was taken actually all the way to the point of negation, then uh, I don't think any expression of feeling could be made at all. I think at that point we might have entered cosmic consciousness and be immobile. Talking about the mind being still, we, I think we'd be in a completely immobile state. But we're going to discuss and go into the cosmic consciousness, which is the fifth freedom in uh, i think that very possibly the next show actually but love energy is an active living thing expressed through service of one form or another it's not a thought or an idea and this is a very important point i think that mars sector six makes because he says it's for 24 hours a day well he uses the phrase throughout each day and each night uh and that's an important thing we might not think about that we we go to bed we think we switch off and then we might dream we may not remember our dreams but something else happens in the sleep state as well and that this is a, 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 a probably a lecture in itself but one thing that happens is we leave the physical body and we can have real exp- out of body experiences, whether we remember them or not. Now, please don't get this wrong. I'm not saying every dream, every muddled recollection of a dream that you have was an exact out-of-body experience. Uh, It will depend, but some of them will be. And in that state, we can still be radiators of love energy. And you may have had such an experience. Uh, I'm sure some of our listeners will have done. I certainly have. And I must say, you can have an experience, uh, and you can go sometimes not to a great high realm or high level in your sleep state, sometimes to a low one, uh, an even lower one than we have here on, on this physical plane, and you can come across a lost soul, as you might call it, of one kind or another, and maybe someone who's riddled with some form of addiction or some other type of problem and in that experience, and I, I must say I for one have had this, you can really start to understand such a person uh, and their problems. Again, coming back to our previous clip. And that can lead you to radiate a very f- pure form of love which can help them. Uh, yes, we can give healing. We can uh, gain teaching. We can give teaching. All these things can be done In an out-of-body state, as I say, whether we remember them or not, as well as in our physical body. And the more we radiate love uh, in our physical body, the more we will do so each day and each night. So those are some of the thoughts, I think, uh, in terms of the second freedom. And it's worth remembering. And it's worth just remembering when you go to bed at night as well, you can still be... In the sleep state, a radiator of love energy. Well, I'm delighted now to introduce someone who I think is going to give us a very practical ways, actually, of uh, demonstrating and using love energy. And that's Zasha Brazili. She's up in Barnsley in South Yorkshire, and she's our next guest. Actually, she grew up with the teaching. She chose very wisely. And it's interesting because the story we heard I think somebody must be planning all this, and his name might be Darren Bull, because the person, Isabel, who we heard from earlier, and she mentioned there uh, meeting one of her clients, Jean-Claire, who led her to healing and the Twelve Blessings and the Aetherius Society, well, that is the mother of Zasha. that is uh, Claire. Brazili, actually, mother of Zasha Brazili. And so Zasha grew up in South Africa and became a junior member of the Athera Society when she was just nine years old. Great to start young. And at twenty-one she moved to London to be closer to the Ethereum Society. I'm very pleased to say she did that. She's now a minister, a popular workshop presenter, who's been teaching the practices given to us by Dr. King for many years. And today she's going to introduce us to the breathing practices taught by Dr. King and a beautiful prayer. So welcome to the show, Zasha.
4: Thank you so much, Richard, for that glowing review. It's wonderful to be on the show. Um, and hello, hello to all our listeners. It's a great privilege to be here. So let's kickstart uh, our love-generating, healing session by absorbing this wondrous energy, this spiritual energy, this universal life force, this prana, this chi that makes all creation possible. Let's become a magnet and draw this into ourselves and radiate it outwards in service. So let's make sure our spine and neck is straight, there's no tension in the shoulders, and just close our eyes and be still and go within and deep within. And now take some long, deep and even breaths through the nostrils, mouth closed. Deep and even breath. Keep this rhythmic breathing going for a few moments. Revitalizing all cells stilling our minds and bodies, allowing us to become more tuned, open channels for vibrant, life-giving, healing spiritual energy. Deep and even breaths. Dr. George King states, you can enhance dynamic prayer, I would estimate, something like two or 3,000 times with a few minutes' practice of yoga breathing because it's the, this is the key to all success. And if you can, without strain, visualize vibrant white light on the in-breath coming into yourself, filling and surrounding you while you continue your deep and even breathing. And keep that going, if you can. And I've chosen a prayer today called Manifest Your Higher Self, given by the Master Jesus through Dr. George King. It was part of a series of transmissions called Action is Essential, which was delivered in September 1961 in London. And you can find this beautiful prayer In a book of sacred prayers, which I highly recommend you get your hands on. And it can also be found in Cosmic Voice, issue 25, both of which you can purchase from our website, ethereus.org. I selected this prayer as it's such an empowering and uplifting reminder to us all of our true higher selves, our divine essence. I found it so comforting, strengthening and connecting particularly in these difficult, confusing and lonely times for us all. I always feel a powerful, warming presence around when I intone it. So now, let's raise our hands now so they're roughly parallel with the shoulders, facing forwards in front of you, fingers together. This is the prayer mudra that we adopt for all Practices to radiate spiritual energy. So it's basically like the statue of the Master Jesus in Rio, not quite with the arms spread out wide, but all you have, or the only difference is that you've got your hands uh, parallel to the shoulders facing forward in front of you, bent basically. Make sure your eyes are closed. Visualize vibrant white light leaving the heart center, which is situated a few inches in front of the breastbone in the aura. And also see this vibrant white light shining outwards from the palms of the hands. And see this flooding our world while I intone this prayer. See and feel your love shining out. O mighty God, let thy wondrous power flow through all the earth children now, so that they may be risen up, so that they may be made strong enough to overcome their grief. O mighty God, let thy wondrous power flow through the minds and hearts, of these dear sweet ones now, so that this power in its warmth may overcome the cold of their aloneness, so that they may feel again their affinity with thee. O divine spirit, O everlasting Lord. O that which shineth behind all things, let your power shine like the sun of love, which it is before them now, so that they may be risen into their higher selves, so that they may manifest their higher selves, and this manifestation might be complete, protected by preservation throughout existence. And now we'll perform the sealing mudra, brushing the right palm over the left palm, away from yourself just once, to help us detach from the prayer practice we've just performed. And it's as simple and as easy as that to radiate spiritual love energy. Thank you.
1: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sasha. What a beautiful uh, rendition of that prayer. And by the way, you can catch Sasha regularly on our 12 Blessings online services. She's one of those who leads those. And you'll find all that on the Ethereum Society website. And what a great choice, too, for today. It's funny, these Darren and I have commented, sometimes these programs seem to have a plan which isn't made by Darren or myself or any of the other guests. Everything blends together uh, in a particular show And what a perfect choice for the second freedom, uh, a prayer by the master of love, the master Jesus, about the light that's sent out every time we radiate love energy in its preservative form, of course, as well, love being a great preservative force. And Darren, I think uh, that gives us a little bit of time, maybe for just one or two more questions or comments from your good self.
3: Sure. Well, um, I'll just say here just before we get to a a couple more that – uh, if you have been enjoying the show, we'd love for you to leave us a rating or review um, on your favorite pos- podcast app, whichever one that is. And that's to help us spread the word about the show, about Mars Sector 6, and about the these life-changing teachings. So I thought I'd go here, Richard, to um, a comment that a listener made following one of our previous shows, actually, I think it was episode two about service's greatness. And mm-hmm. you'll remember that we posed this question, um, I think I brought this up before actually, that who would you consider more spiritual? An atheist with the courage to leave home and serve others suffering in terrible poverty or a devoted yogi secluded in the Himalayas in pursuit of their own enlightenment and only that? And this person came back and said, well, personally I've often made this statement. Who has true intent? The atheist that picks the man off off the street and feeds him, or faithful churchgoers Betty and Sally who sit and gossip maliciously about Jill's dress, and I said, <laughs> "Wow, that's, that's exactly right. It reminds me of you know my six as a slayer of love is hypocrisy." And I yeah, think that's
1: absolutely, much- so good. And of course, uh, gossip—you know—it can, it can be relatively harmless, or it can be extremely harmful and and damaging and wrong. So uh, it, it's a good, very good example, I think. Um, and I think yeah I think we know the answer to that don't we really and, and that goes to show love is I mean we used to I, I'll mention this the ether Society by the way you may not know this Darren we used to have a, a group in China uh, during dr King's lifetime and it was oh. um, then at that point very difficult to, to be doing anything religious and so mm-hmm. they called their practice which they used to do and I believe they used to do the 12 blessings actually because they had a, a an English professor Chinese woman but an English professor among who ran this little group Um, and they used to do they called it energy transference instead of prayer and that way they could they weren't going against the law so you know these are words and some people might say they're atheists but they believe in a living force they believe in a universal energy or you know these they're just different ways of looking at the same thing.
3: Well, actually, it's funny you say that because this next question I've got here, someone's asked, um, "Do you need to believe in God or a higher power to pray?"
1: <laughs> well, good, I, and I didn't know that. What a <laughs> I want to stress here: I never know the questions that are coming next. Uh, that's deliberate, so that it is it is real, as it were. And so, well, I, I hopefully have answered that a bit already. Um, you don't need to, to. I mean, I think I think the, the Master Etherius, I believe, once said, "You need if you don't believe in God, you can believe in good." and uh, you could certainly transfer this energy on the basis that it's love it's good it's positive it's helpful it's healing and i think you will in time i believe come to the conclusion there is a universal force throughout creation from which this energy flows you may not use the word god you may use another word uh, for or another name or even a more impersonal name that's uh, that's up to the individual but you could certainly channel love energy uh, without necessarily believing at that point in God. Yes, you can. Mm. It, I yeah, think that- I will say, though, in, in my uh, opinion, it would be better if you could believe in God because that would give it a certain power. I, I, I can't just leave it as a bland thing there. It's not the same. It would be better. But that God doesn't have to be uh, a, a particular dogma or a particular interpretation of what God is. It could be a very universal concept. I mean, to us, there isn't a better one than the 12th blessing, which we call the absolute, actually. Uh, so there are many ways of looking at it. But no, don't let it stop you. If you're a disbeliever at this point, but you want to send out love energy, you can.
3: Absolutely. Should I, I do one more here, Richard? Yes, yes, why to... not? One okay. more. Well, I thought um, this one was was uh, I think very heartwarming. This, this experience that someone shared here, and I think it speaks about a, a tremendous love, actually, which um, we'll come to it at another at another show, I'm sure. Very honest and personal, inspiring story. And says this person has been um, they've been following the, the the society since 2018. It's really resonated with me on a mental knowing level. I kind of have fell off the path quite hard and have been very lost. Um, I traveled to LA and I bought the nine freedoms and I returned to Colorado and someone stole my bag with the book inside. So it's not going well for this person at this point. Mm. And they said they fell further and further off the path while um, maintaining a cosmic awareness, which leads to severe disarming. Today I decided to listen to the show. So I listened to an earlier show that we put out and said, because the universe is screaming at me from every angle, I listened and during the violet flame visualization exercise, I broke into tears. The energy of the mother earth bursted through and expressed to me no matter how hard you feel like you fall i'll always be underneath to support you and be there for you right now there can be no other way i give thanks for, so this person goes on and say, i give thanks for my food and water every day and kind of go through the motions but the immense gratitude i felt was unreal and they go on and say how can i be part of what you do i'd love to volunteer and do whatever i can to help cosmic evolution
1: wow That's a great Mm -hmm. one, Darren, and and whoever you are, you'll be most welcome to to join with us, as indeed will any listeners to the Spiritual Freedom Show. And by the way, you don't have to be a member of the Aetherius Society. That's a personal choice. We we don't try and recruit anybody. It's a personal choice you make as and when and if and when you want to. That won't stop you uh, cooperating with us, cooperating with our many online services, doing the practices that we do, doing the Twelve Blessings and so on. And I think I can close best by quoting the Master Etherius, who says that courage is the child of love, true love, not the emotional nonsense which you talk so glibly of, but the pure kind. Out of your true love, out of your true faith, will be born courage. Unless you have the capacity to love truly, you will never have the capacity to have true faith. Neither will you have the ability to give courage a place in your heart and mind. Do not forget says the master ethereus. The first freedom is bravery, and without it you will get nowhere, neither will you get anywhere without the ability to have true, unemotional, impersonal love of the greater things in life. Once again, showing that all these early freedoms, bravery, love, enlightenment, service, are all interlinked, and will close as we always do with our quote from the third freedom. Service is the jewel in the rock of attainment.